On one Sunday each month, I preach on best love passages that you suggested as members of this congregation. So earlier today when we looked at Psalm 23, that was one of the suggestions, understandably. And tonight's is as well, Micah chapter 6 verse 8, though it's only one verse that we'll be focusing on. I hold in my hand a silver dollar, a silver dollar that is almost 150 years old. Like every other coin in our country, it has two sides, two sides. Coins have been used by gospel preachers over the years to show that salvation has two sides, God's part, man's part. That when we talk about man's role in salvation, one side, we can say, deals with our faith. The other side deals with obedience. When we think about God's Word, God's Word is a book consisting of meat. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3. Consisting of milk. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. There are a lot of times when we say something like this. It's really two sides of the same coin. One of the most important areas to see two sides of the same coin, praise and worship, one side of the coin. The other side of the coin, morality and ethics. Here's why. Look at Matthew 22 and consider verses 36 through 40. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It is the great commandment where we are to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind. The second is like unto it, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. On these two hang the whole law and prophets. Matthew 22, 36-40 is an excellent commentary on Micah 6 and verse 8. How can a person not like Micah 6 and verse 8? Because after all, it is almost a one-verse summary of what the Old Testament was to be all about. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what more does the Lord require of you than this? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. But I want to tell you, all of this is occurring in a court case where God is taking His people to court for unfaithfulness to the covenant. Look, if you will, at Micah 6. And when you look at Micah chapter 6, and we look at the first eight verses, what we're going to see in Micah 6 and verse 1 is a summons. Hear ye, hear ye, if you will. You're getting a summons that you will be a witness in a court. 
A witness to a court scene. A crime. Notice verses 2 and 3 because what you've got in Micah 6 verses 2 and 3 is the case number and the crime. God versus His own people. God versus His own people. And the crime again, breaking the covenant with God. Then you have in Micah chapter 6, verses 3 through 5, the plaintiff's case. Here's what God says. Here's what He says about Judah. He says, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you that you have treated me like this? I sent Moses and Aaron and Miriam. I'm the one that caused you to walk on the sea as though it were dry land. I parted this body of water. I redeemed you. And you have broken faith repeatedly. Now notice Micah chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. God's case is basically, how could you have done this? When I've been gracious and merciful and blessed you repeatedly. And here's what the defendants say. Here's what Judah says. We're offering sacrifices We're attending religious services. What more do you want, God? Maybe we should just settle out of court. Why are you bringing us to trial? That's pretty much what the people are saying. Now here's where the coin comes in. What the people were doing was divorcing morality and ethics. How they treated others, they were separating that and they were compartmentalizing their lives and they would worship and they would give and they would say a lot of the right things but their hearts were far from God. Aren't you glad that we live in a country where nothing like that is ever done today? Aren't you? It seems to me the last couple of years have proven how quickly people can become worldly and secular. I say that with sadness. And so Micah's message is pertinent. It's applicable even for today, even though Micah prophesied between 735 and 710 B.C. During the time he prophesied, Israel would go into captivity to Assyria. In a hundred or so years after, Judah would go into captivity to Babylon. Notice what the passage does not say. The passage does not say, do unjustly 
love selfishly and walk arrogantly. It doesn't say that. Turn to Luke 18. In Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, if this existed in the time of Micah, and it did, it existed in the time of Jesus too because Jesus told a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. And in Luke 18, 9 through 14, one is concerned about doing justly and the other isn't. How do I know that? The Pharisee doesn't treat the tax collector like he cares about him at all, does he? He mistreats him. And he says, I thank you, God, that I am not like him. He had no idea how true that was. He had no idea about the irony of what he was saying. He spends his time informing God about how good he is. Notice the use of the personal pronoun, I, I, I. And you talk about arrogance. Does he really need God's forgiveness and grace? Not at all. Not in his mind. He deserves everything. Now the tax collector speaks. He will not even look up toward heaven. And he says, God be what? God be what? Love, mercy. Be merciful to me, the sinner. And walk humbly with your God. I guess we can take our pick too because we can be concerned about a world like I say that has grown more secular and worldly and yet we can do so with the attitude of the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. That can't be doing what Jesus says. The point of Jesus in Luke 18, 9 through 14 and of Micah in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 is... God put worship and praise on one side of the coin. God should be given worship and praise out of love and humility. But we ought to be people of character and morality and high ethics because we care about other people too. You ever notice that the first five of the Ten Commandments are all regarding God and the second five are all regarding our relationship with other people. What God has joined, don't separate. Some people, maybe you know somebody like this, really moral and ethical, and they are great neighbors and wonderful friends, but they really don't worship God, and they're not too into attending worship or anything like that. Know anyone like that? On the other hand, there are people who worship And yet, morality and ethics are far, far from where they really live their everyday life. Isaiah, rather Micah, his message is for us. 
You've listened well. I preached a little long this morning. I will preach a little short tonight. If you need to respond humbly to the invitation of Jesus through faith, repentance, and baptism, you come to Him and become His child. And love others and be a person of ethics and character as His child. Let us stand and sing.